With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview as Villa attack on Manchester United at Villa Park on Sunday at two o'clock. This show is sponsored by Betmate. We'll run you through their app later. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Neil from the For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Oh my God, I actually said it properly. Absolute scenes. <laughs> Neil, Neil, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. End the podcast. He's finally yeah, got good. it right. I'm done, yeah. Plenty to get through, to be fair. A few things have happened over the last mm. few days. Obviously, Unai Emre had his first press conference this this afternoon, so we'll discuss that later. Obviously, there's a game to preview as well, which is why we're here. But we're going to start, Neil, with the new badges. I've just ranted my thoughts to you before we've come on. What What are your thoughts, Neil? Meet the new badge, same as the old badge, I suppose, really, when you look at it. And I mean, when I say the old badge, I mean the nostalgic badge that a lot of people uh, w- would look towards as the round badge. And yeah. like you know, what I said to you there was, uh, uh, without trying to influence the vote, I wanted to be a fair and democratic I mean, situation. The, the I'd be surprised if the other badge, the the not the non-round badge gets more than 10% of the vote. That's what I'd be surprised. I think it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think if you were to if you were to poll everybody beforehand, that's exactly the badge that they would they would accept. No, I can completely understand it. I know that we were speaking beforehand, and maybe we would like a small bit more creativity going to the badge, maybe something a small bit new or whatever. And we had our we had a to and fro about. I can't understand why the, why the line is facing the facing the opposite direction. That's the only bit I don't mind. Bit. That is literally the only thing I don't <laughs> mind is that they turn the line round to is it because that signifies moving forwards. They've checked by changing the, the line round is why I'm presuming that they've done that. I've obviously had no, I've had no input into, into the badge whatsoever. I don't think I even filled in the survey to be fair. So why I'm complaining is is, is a bit stupid. But yeah, that first one that is Pro Evolution Soccer 2002. We're looking at there that first badge. If someone's been paid to come up with that, I am absolutely flabbergasted because that first one is 
it's not going to, it's, it's simply, we know now what the badge will be already. Yeah. There's no point even talking about that first badge, put it back in Pro Evolution Soccer. Awful. And no one will, no one will ever choose that, that badge. I felt it's a little bit like a man yelling at a cloud there, but I, I just don't like that, that first badge <laughs> at all. The second one, look, people wanted a want the round badge. We, we know from social media over the years, people want the round badge. Me personally, I wanted to see something a, a little bit more inventive in terms of, I think they should have just made more, more of the lion. I saw Rob Warner's tweet uh, earlier on Twitter. He, he's, he works in design of, fo- of football shirts and, and stuff like that. I agree with his opinion that they should have made more just a, a lion with the words Aston Villa either above or below. That's modern to me. That's that's moving forwards. I personally, that would have been what, what I would have liked. But loads of people like the round badge. So, you know, every Villa yeah. fan deserves a vote. Uh, if Villa fans want the round badge and they're happy with that, that's fine. But I just I, I think both it's pretty uninspiring. I think it's going to look sexy on a shirt. I do, I do. I think it's going to look really nice on a shirt. Now, once again, the clarets that they use in there, and we don't want to get into heck. It looks a bit washed out. Do you, do you not think that? The blowing almost gets washed out because it's going to be on a claret shirt. It might look really good on the white shirt. That is true. I, I, I just That's think, my opinion. I, 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 like the, I, like the, I like the round badge. I, I would have, like, full, full disclosure, I'm an absolute martyr for the round badge. I think it should always be a round badge. I really like hard. it. Uh, but I, I, I think it's the color schemes and, and turning the line around. I think would be a different, uh, a different piece. I don't know why I'm so fixated on the line. I know your explanation for it. It just, it looks, it looks drunk to me. But it's the opposite way around, and that's coming from an Irishman. But maybe the line being yellow or something like that. I like the yellow line. Um, but look, I, I'm not going to give up. Look, having a badge. We're going to buy the stuff anyway. And secondly, it's not going to give us an extra nine points at the end of the season. So, <laughs> but it is, but it is a, a, a succinct talking point and it is something that we do, we should talk about because it's the branding, it's the identity of the club. And I think that, I think that, that it would be that people will, nine for the fans will look at it and go, that's actually a cool enough badge. And um, because I'd be interested massive... to say what neutrals think of it, actually. Yeah. I would actually too. be interested by that, that, their opinion in some ways more so than the Villa fans because. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's just how, how I feel about it. I just want people to to come dressed up to to Villa Park now, with like Captain America shields with the badge on it. Now that it's a it's a it's a it's circular or something like that again. Somebody do something mad and do some crazy super fan Instagram shite. Oh, sorry, I should can't, can't swear in your podcast. You can, you can swear. Stuff should I say stuff? Uh, now using the new round badge because, as I say, I cannot see it being the being the pointed version. But look, it may be, and we never know. Maybe we never know. Can we put them back um, up, please, Adam? I don't have another. Look. Do you miss the word prepared, Dan? Do you miss? Nah, the word not prepared, really. Because Dan? let's face it, when are we ever prepared? Well, that's that's that could be a topic of conversation when we come to the new man that's going to be in the dugout. I, mean, I, I do. I I like the I like the badge. I like the round badge. And I that first one is a monstrosity. It really is. That is. Like, I honestly can't believe that that's even been put forward. If that was the second best badge that, of all the designs, then Christ. I, I, that first one, he's like, Come, Adam, please put it back up. I need to, I need to, I need to analyze further if you can. Sorry. I'm almost willing myself to fall in love with the second badge because I know that that is now, is now the badge. So I'm almost trying to get, if I look at it long enough, I feel like I'll... It's not, it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. I just do think it's that just the... you've seen it before. It's 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 the 1982 badge, essentially. Yeah. Another thing is like, some certain kit providers, you don't always get the right shade of claret. So the, the shirt's always a different shade of claret. So is the lion going to change shade of claret with the with the shirt? Because if it doesn't, then I think that will look a bit silly moving forward. Potentially. Do you do you remember was it the 2006, 2007, or 2007, 2008? 
badge and it was almost like an aquamarine or a teal color blue behind the yellow the yellow line and it was awful uh, and it only stayed around for a year and then it was it was washed out then afterwards then the the line was washed or the blue was washed out to be a, a lighter blue afterwards um but no I, I i think i think with the with the advancements of modern mechanisms and, and technology you know that you should be able to get a hex palette to, to to match when you're when you're matching colors but look as i say it's uh that's 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 a question for rob warner for sure that's a question for rob warner i mean i have absolutely no doubt that a fan will design a badge this evening or post a badge that they've designed this evening and it'll be better than the two that we've that we've got there and yeah. I reckon, I bet you, I bet you, there's a badge doing the rounds that's better than those two badges. They, yeah, they just will be. It's like sometimes when kits come out and fans have designed kits, there's usually a better one knocking around than what we, what we come out with, isn't there? I, yeah. reckon, it, I reckon it will be the same with, with the badge. Yeah, Rory Dorgan. Rory Dorgan, and look at it there, West first Midlands badge Village. Really say West Midlands Village. <laughs> Absolutely, that first badge. I could have. I mean, I couldn't have come up with anything half decent on paint. No. I don't think it would have been much worse. Once again, I, I think as well the, the execution of how the badge is going to be put onto material would be a big thing because if you've got that lovely embossed badge like we yeah. do now, the rubberized badge, I think the circular badge would look really smart like that. Um, and we're, we're in training gear at the moment. This doesn't have the embossed version uh, on, on, the, on the training gear. And why would you, I suppose, really from a cost-saving point of view? But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it looks like that when it's maybe if it's just a piece of vinyl that's stick on, stuck on um, to to the to the uh, to the kit. But no, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it'll still look very smart. The next question, Dan, is: Do you keep it at the left hand side? Do you put it in the center? Do you go full nineteen eighty two on it, oh. or what way do you go with it? Either side, I don't care where it, where it's placed. I will mm. say as well that badge, that round badge, will probably look nice on like a white away shirt. Yes. My worry with it is that. It would not. It may not look nice on a claret and blue home shirt. That's my main concern with it. Like I say, I think it can't. The line kind of gets lost in there. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. There'll be people that will absolutely love it, and that's absolutely fine as well. Everyone's entitled to the, their opinion. Let's move away from the badge now. Now let's just start, <laughs> let's talk about the press conference. Unai Emery's introductory press conference that mm. took place at Villa Park today. What did you make of it? Oh, look, it's uh, we've chatted about this in 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 WhatsApp all day as well, and. You know, I think it is what it is. We needed to see the press conference happen. The club needed to make a spec, needed to to do something. I think the club are very much in the mode of let's not make a massive spectacle out of this. We want results on the field. We want our, our results to do the talking. And I'm very much in that boat now because I'm kind of like, you know, I I don't want to hear about how you how you did the outlines of your painting. I just want to see it framed at the end of the day, you know. And 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 I want to see wins on, on on the field. And um, look, I. I there's 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 lots going around, or there was stuff going around as well. That Una Emery was not big on doing a massive press press conference, and maybe this was some sort of a, a compromise. But look, it is they got to use the big table again, and um, and they got their press conference out there. But I think most people are more interested uh, with this shortened week of having a man in there. About look, uh, will we have a, a real introduction on Sunday against Manchester United? There was nothing new. Some of the questions were good. Some of the questions were silly. It was kind of very much how I expect press conferences go now. First question. You, yeah. know, you know my feelings on the first question. Yeah. Already, but yeah. I the Peaky Blinders question has been asked question. to death as well, you know. Like he was asked the Peaky Blinders question to death as well. And look, that's fine. Journalists, ask whatever questions Easy you like. You know, but... It's got to be a better question asked than Peaky Blinders. Jesus, come on. <laughs> there just has to be. 
Yeah. And then Christian Perz had a little sly dig at the Brummie accent as well. I'm not sure if you have don't have a Brummie accent. I'm not sure you can you can have a dig at the accent like that, in, in my opinion. But the mic kind of cut yeah. out, so I don't know whether that was the that was deliberate or not. But he did have a little go at, yeah. at the Brummie accent. Which Look, I suppose and- is, uh, is ironic as well, because people are, like like the, the whole... Uh, uh, Una Emery kind of parody thing about about the way he says certain phrases as well. You know, yeah, I disagree. Matter. I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I, I the spo- mick out of him for that. His I English is you. very, very good. Like, yeah. it's not his first language. I think his English is is, is very good. The way he speaks, the way he emphasizes things as well on the, on the in house club interview, yeah. which I did. Th- I did think the in house club interview was was good. I, yeah. I enjoyed that last night when I, when I settled down to, to watch yeah. that. But yeah, the press conference. That look, look like you said, the press conference overall. In three months' time, no one's going to remember that that no. first press conference, are they? But you know, he, he his, his record, his pedigree speaks for itself. We don't we don't need to go into that. I'm always this is me personally again, personal opinion. I like Villa to have good people working there. He seems like a good man and a good person, so I'm I'm, I'm happy with that from, from that point of view. But yeah, some of the questions led led a lot to be des- desired for, and you know, we wish we wish him all the best. We want we wanted to be a success. Oh, I, I do think though, it's it's a huge job. What did you make of the the Perslow line of this is the most he said this is the most important appointment since Villa got promoted? I think it's the most important. I I I probably think it's the most important appointment since Brian Little. If you're talking about important appointments, is it any more important than twelve months ago when we hired a manager? Do you think? Yeah, we're in a similar position this time last year, weren't we? Because really, really we did like I and and spoiler alert, I've, I I interviewed Luis Miguel Echegaray today and and it's coming out later later on and scurrilous self promotion there I do Nail, apologize I am happy for you but, to do that <laughs> I am happy. but uh, one of the things I said there was that um you know I think this is an important uh, an important appointment because um we have had a manager previously that didn't know that didn't hadn't learned how to fail. He never failed in any, like he 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 had been uh, a productive footballer. Productive footballer is really understanding, but you know what I, I mean. Know what you he, mean. He, he had he had gone to Rangers and and he had got the adulation at Rangers, and then he, unfortunately he came to us and he learned how to fail at Aston Villa. Una Emery has gone to uh, has gone to Spartak Moscow. He learned how to fail there. He's gone to Arsenal where he didn't actually fail, but the narrative was that he failed because he came after the guy who was was literally and will still go down as probably the most productive manager they've ever had in Arsene Wenger. And, you know, I think that learning curve frame coming coming in here is is very important. And why I think that it is, um, that, that yes, it is important. That the, the last uh, appointment was important as well. I think that, I do think that there is damage done by the last appointment. I think that there's uh, PR damage done from the last appointment. I think there's on-field damage done from the last appointment, and, and it's one of these off things. The field damage will, been done as well. And after, but I th- I think it's really much so when when you sit back and you look at it, you don't notice it in the moment. And when he mentioned that it, that uh, that this is an important signing, you don't want to get into that boing boing bouncing up and down through the leagues type of situation. And this kind of lets everybody know that huh, we've got Nassif Sawiris, we've got Wes Edens, and that and Sawiris is is driving the bus there. Like th- this weekend showed that, yeah. or this week showed that. So I think it is important to kind of uh, keep the stature of the club upwards and keep them on an upward trajectory. And to win, I've, I've been big on that they need to win the PR battle in this one and I think that they have and I think that they don't want to have too many kind of press conferences and stuff like that because the more questions that are asked leads them up then to playing against Manchester United and God forbid anything happens and we get a 3-0 loss against United well then people are people will be backed on Villa's throats again so um, I think it's all intertwined with regards to that but certainly it is an important it is a very very important uh, appointment Yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant appointment 
I, re- I really, mm. I'm not taking away from the appointment. The club have done exceptionally well. Absolutely, the best manager we could have got. Yeah, I think it's a it's, it's a really really good appointment. He's like I say, his pedigree speaks for, for itself. Got Premier League experience, has won trophies. You know, remember the last time that we hired a manager that's that's really won mm-hmm. anything of, of substance? I, I can't remember. I suppose yeah. Martin O'Neill had won, had won the League Cup. Julio had, had won stuff in fairness when they hired Gerard Julio. But, you know, this is a... Clint Mateo had won a Champions League. That's true as well. That is true, guys. <laughs> so we have hired managers who, who've won trophies yeah, well. before. Do you know what I mean? He's consistently... He, he's won trophies. Obviously, Villa have got to get into the Europa League for him to have a chance of winning a, a European trophy. And that's probably the biggest battle that, that Unai Emre will face. But it's, it's a brilliant appointment, like, like I said. There was just a few things said in that press conference, but that I, I, was, I was thinking, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure you can say that this but it's a massive appointment, it's a big appointment. Huge. I think like you say, it's great for PR. I think it's a success I think well, it's not I can't say it's a successful appointment yet. You know, I mean, you like you say it's probably one of the best appointments they, they could have made. But it doesn't take away that twelve months ago, that was a huge moment. You know, that was the mm. the, the first manager they'd hired in the Premier League. If, if if that makes sense. And I believe now that Villa have probably off the back of what their actions twelve months ago, probably lost a year or two. I don't, well, think we're, I don't think we're massively further forward than we were when we got promoted now. No. And we've got bet, a better team. Better squad, I think, yeah. But, we, but we'll see, I suppose, really now, is this the missing ingredient? And, yeah. and another, another thing about the importance, when, when Perslow said about this is important, like, let's not dance around the bush here. He was probably saying, this is important for me. You know, because yeah. and it and you don't want to be become a Watford whereby you're sacking a manager two and three times during a season. You, you need to get it right. And and look, this is his first appointment that asked him for that. Stephen Jared was his first appointment, and it's never nice to get your first appointment wrong. And look, he got it wrong. Well, they hired um, Dean Smith, didn't they? Perslow, Perslow was on board when they when they hired Dean Smith, so they got that. I'm not convinced Dean Smith was their yes, first yes. choice at the time, but you know, it was the right appointment. And it worked. Got us promoted. Stabilised us in the in the in the Premier League. Great appointment. It's then the bit after they've got they've got yeah. wrong. Stephen Gerrard. Things are easy to say with hindsight. Stephen Gerrard was the wrong appointment, and I think it set Villa back a year or two. To be perfectly yeah. honest, overall, all round, all round the club, I think they've been set back a year or two. I also think, critically, they'd got the fans on board. Everything everything was all aligned. Everyone felt as one. They've got to get that back now. Hopefully, Unai Emre can be the be the man to do that. I think overall, from what I'm seeing, all Villa fans universally, everyone I speak to, everything I say on social media, the Villa fans are pleased with that appointment. Oh, one million! Percent. They think it's a brilliant appointment. But then yeah, there's always a but. I would say if we don't get off to a good start under him, which is highly plausible at, at the moment, that that may not happen. I don't think it's going to. He's just going to come in, click his fingers, and it's all just going to work straight away because this manager is light years away from the manager that they've just had. So it takes time mm. to adapt. You can see the hands-on coaching in in the video. You know his methods, the video analysis, things like that. That's going to be hard for these players to get used to. They're not going to just adapt and pick it up straight away. So there could be teething problems. There could be a period of suffering where Villa trying to get get aligned again and, and get on the same page as the, as, as the manager and move forward. But sometimes you have to go a little bit backwards to go forwards and it could be that that, that happens with Villa and results suffer. I worry that if that happens, you can the, the impatience comes in and we just can't afford that now. This manager has got to be given years. Now, I remember saying oh, this yeah, when Dean Smith got hired. This manager here, and he, Dean Smith did get years, to be fair. You know, Emre needs, needs time. He, he, he needs years. Now, I've, you know, he's an elite manager. But I don't think he's just going to come in and it'd be brilliant straight away. Or it might be a bit like Gerard, where maybe we win a couple of games and then you then you suffer like like we did under Gerard. And unfortunately, that suffering continued under Stephen Gerard. 
under an IMR, I don't think don't think it would. I don't think but we are going to lose games, and it's pivotal oh, yeah. that we all stay aligned and all stay on the same page. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and 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 like that's that's a huge that's that's a huge part of this is that four and a half years is the longest contract we've ever been given. There's a clue. It's a huge contract. It's a massive contract. Yeah, there, there's a clue, guys. This like this, essentially the half of a year in the four and a half year contract is essentially throwaway to get things in on board. And as much not, and people aren't going to like us saying that. And it may not be like it, that's that's the thought process that if you need half a year, and obviously he's coming in halfway through the season, so don't get me on get on to me about Matt's. But if he needs half a year to implement his system and keep us in the Premier League, that's fine. They have re- they've course corrected. They have. They have uh, probably realigned their goals of what what the reality of the situation is here. Yes, he stood up and he said, I want to win trophies at Aston Villa. And you know all the parody accounts will start pissing themselves over that. And that's not... Look, uh, uh, the, I mean, the any, manager get, says, any manager says that. Every when they come manager in anyway, says that. But the sooner we kind of get away from the whole, oh my God, I really care what Paddy Power says. Uh, and by the way, Paddy Power, if you still want to sponsor any of us, I'm only joking. But, uh, you know, show, all that kind of stuff. Show. All, all, all that kind of stuff is uh, look. That's that's part of the industry or whatever, and, and you guys sweep that under the table. But um, yeah, look, he's he's here for the long haul. We can't get into the in, like the what was the statistic there that we've had? Was it ten managers since Martin O'Neill? Was that was that the statistic? Ten managers since Martin O'Neill or something? Oh, mad like how that? many managers have been in since I've had a season ticket yesterday since nineteen ninety three? And I've oh, got God, yeah. either twelve or thirteen. I want to say, yeah. And that could but be probably right. You know, we very rarely got it right. Very, very rarely. You know, I think this is, even if it goes wrong, I, I actually think this is the the right appointment in terms of that they've managed to get him in. You know, you, it went wrong with Gerard, and I didn't argue it at the time, but there could have been arguments at the point they hired him. Mm, this isn't the right appointment. Yeah, I don't think there can be any arguments that they've done well to get this guy. I just don't think anyone anyone can argue it at all but I, I do think you know these next three games before the world before the world cup including the, the league cup tie in that i don't have massive high hopes yeah i'd love a bounce oh i'll do anything for a bounce but i don't have massive high hopes i think the players i think i believe the players are going to, to dubai during the world cup right those that yeah. aren't going to the aren't going to the world aren't going to the world cup when we come back from the World Cup and he's had a bit of time on the grass working with the players at, in the tra- on the training pitches, that's when you know I'd expect to see some some points on the board. These next these next three, I think they're mm. tough. The two teams that we're playing as well, you know, Manchester United are, are better than they've been for for years. You know, we've suffered against them when they've been crap. In all honesty, so now yeah. you know Villa Park when when they're when they're half decent, I think that's a, a really tough game. I'm imagining Brighton are going to pick up now going into the World Cup. They've they've won that first game under the manager now. They'll they'll be absolutely buzzing by the way they won that last game, the way they did it in style. So that's a tough game. Cup game away at Old Trafford again. We've done that dance many times before. That's the, <laughs> that's that's difficult. Yeah. So you know, his next three games are, are tough for him. And again, I just again would say needs patience. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Patience is going to be the going to be the the the. the flavour of the day and the flavour of the next few months as well. And look, we might go and we might have a battling one all draw with Man United at the weekend. Brilliant. Enjoy sure. it. Absolutely fantastic. That. Yeah. And and I think that's like realistically expectation managing for myself. That's kind of what I'm half hoping for, you know, because we've got a man who's come in halfway through the season, halfway through the week. We could go and don't get it wrong. I want us to go there and win 12 nil. But, you know, I think really, realistically speaking, uh, you know, um, Manchester United come to Villa Park. We put on a, a decent show. We look tight. We look look structured. We look like we're able to make things happen. Maybe 
you know, catch him with an early goal or whatever and do your do your Aston Villa thing where you catch him with an early goal and then we concede and we hold on and we draw one all or something like that. Showing a bit of competency on the field is what I'm looking for, I think, at the weekend for sure. Yeah, I'm not seeing much of that so far this season. David Styles says a cup run. That's all I asked for. I was about to ask you this question. If you could trade, like if you could choose to win on Sunday in the league, let's face it, we're pretty desperate for points, mm. or win on Thursday in the cup, which one would you choose? Because I'm the same where I want to win something. Thursday in the cup. Yeah, but even though we're quite, we could do with some points, couldn't we? You'd still choose Thursday. Good. Oh, it's a t- it is it's a tough one. You got to choose one. Yeah, I, I still think Thursday in the cup because realistically, if you were to ask me before the start of the season, would I would do I think Aston Villa can win against Manchester United? I'd say yeah. But then you know, if you were to say, do you think you beat Manchester United in the League Cup and get that get over that hump of beating them in a cup competition? Because we beat them in the league last season, and I know people would say, well, we beat them last season. Of course, we can win. We don't have a great record against them in the league, and it wouldn't be one that would be chalking up the points. So I'm going to go with Thursday. I am. I think I agree with you. I believe I agree. I agree with you, but you know, Rod, Rod Humble saying league every day of the week. Mm. See, Lai and I saying, I like that even though the dream is to win trophies in Europe, the immediate goal, immediate goal are the coming matches and that's all that matters right now. We do need to put some points on the board. And yeah. Sunday, Sunday, it's a chance to do that, you know, but I'll, you know, pretty here to preview a game. I've got absolutely no idea how Villa are going to line up on Sunday. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what no. formation they're going to play, what players are going to get picked. My initial thoughts were perhaps, this is off the cuff from me, perhaps they may pick Callum, he may pick Callum Chambers just because he's someone he's worked with before. Just because he knows his methods, someone who could come on a pitch, and I'm not saying you know he's a massive leader. When I use the term, be a lieutenant, just someone who knows what the manager wants because he worked with him before. That's maybe, one of my initial thoughts. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who he's going to play. Who Emery fancies? You know, I tried to decipher some things from the training video, and I didn't manage, didn't manage to, get, to get very much. It looked like Watkins, Ramsey, and Archer were kind of playing together from the one video. Oh, I saw now. I don't think for one second that'll be the way we we would line up. But then, does that mean that the kind of the first team was Ings playing with Bailey and Coutinho, or Bailey and Buendia, or, or whatever? Like, I've got no idea how we're going to line up. And I've looked at the way Emery, Emery's played, the formations he's played. He's played some wild four four twos with mm. like, with like uh, Cockerland, the old Arsenal defensive midfielder, on the the left of midfield, and and, and things like that. You know, he's just done some wild stuff. Mm. I'm quite I'm intrigued and excited by that team selection. I, I, yeah, I look, I, I, I've given up trying to think like a lot of, uh, you know, no matter what you say, what you say about what selection is going to happen on on Sunday, there are going to be people who go to one four four two. There's going to be people who want to stick with four two three one. I ultimately think he will stick with four two three one, and he will play that way. Net, I think. I think, yeah, and, and and I expect him to go ultra safe. I expect us to have twenty percent possession at the weekend, and and st- but still look like we're competent in some way, shape, or form. I'm okay with that. We've a guy who's coming on a Wednesday, and and we're expecting him to work wonders. And yes, Aaron Danks, people turn around and say, "Oh, well, Aaron Danks did it in a two day turnaround." But Aaron Danks has been around the training ground for the last uh, last two years almost, even before before Stephen Gerrard came in. So you don't you have those those paradoxical moments, you know, whereby um. Yes, he did it, but but Emery may not be able to do it. But then again, we could go there, we could go away and win two 0 at the weekend, and we could play four four two, and everyone's going four four two. Is he absolutely nuts against this United team? And before you know, it, Ings and Watkins both have a goal in the first twenty minutes. It's absolute like 
there's there's no way of knowing what way the weekend is going to go other than prepare yourself for the best and for the worst and enjoy both of them as much as you as much as you possibly can. I think that's kind of my methodology. Um, easy knowing the guy who's going on a stag this weekend and is going to be watching the game hungover on Sunday is right here because that's the kind of, I'm I'm expectation management managing so that I don't go into an absolute black hole of of, of feeling sorry for myself on Sunday when I'm watching the game if we do go two nil down after fifteen minutes. I mean, we went 2 0 down last season at Villa Park in fairness and, yeah, and came, came back. back. Yeah, that was a good, good team yeah, performance. Absolutely. That actually played well. That day, un, un, unlucky not to win, made a couple. I think we made a, well, we did. We made a couple of mistakes as well to yeah. concede, concede goals. Martinez made one and then Sanson made one as well, didn't he, for the for this, yeah. the second one. So, you know, could have won that game last season against Manchester United. They, they won in Europe on Thursday, but they've given themselves a little bit of work to do to actually get through to the, the next phase of the, Euro, the Europa League. They've got to play one of the teams that have been eliminated from the Champions League in, in third place in their groups. They've got some tough teams that they could face, actually, to go on into the next round. But there's no doubt, I've watched a lot of them, they're a lot more astute under Eric Ten Hag than they have been probably since Alex Ferguson left. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I did a, We did a podcast with a Man United fan, and actually I'm going on his channel in the next 20 minutes as well. And, you know, yes, we did spend probably too much time talking about Man United, but I was interested in getting to know what the structure of our club was at the moment. Um, specifically from a United fan and, and like that Ten Hag is coming in here and he's just putting out small fire after small fire after small fire since he came in there and then Ronaldo comes in and he starts putting petrol on other fires and stuff like that you know so they're not in exactly the most holistic and uh, homogenous place at the moment there's a club from the top down they're what on year five trying to get a sporting director and they still oh, haven't been able to get baffling. it Absolutely you know, and I asked that question and it seems like it's Van der Zaar and no one and Van der Zaar is like pulling the carrot away from them the whole time, you know. So, uh, look, let them worry about their own their own idiosyncrasies and what's going on there. But they still do have some really good good players um, in that team, albeit the Fernandez is going to be out. I would imagine Ericsson is going to be played a small bit further forward. Yeah, Fred O'Mahony um, will come in, won't they? I think so, Alongside too, yeah. Or Casemiro. Yeah, Casemiro and the, and the two boys will be in there as well. But... Look, it's it. I don't know what way they're going to play. Rashford, Rashford seems to be playing himself back into form just in time to get on the plane. Very Doha. good last week. Very good. Really good. And he he likes to turn up against Aston Villa, you know. And when he does, he he can be a thorn in our side. So hopefully, hopefully we have something, uh, you know, dialed up to 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 kind of break down that middle of midfield, stop people running directly at us, and push people wide, and then you know, hope we can we can defend crosses to the degree that we. Uh, that we could do maybe in 2020 and early 2021. Yeah, me. I mean, assuming he plays, but Tyro Mings is going to be absolutely vital yes. on a, on a Sunday because Manchester United they put in a lot of crosses and they usually with players like like Ericsson. I've got to say, Dallow has been absolutely fantastic as well over the last month or so. Luke Shaw's come back into form as well, so they've got players that are capable of putting in good delivery. Ronaldo has scored more goals if he plays against Aston Villa than he has against anyone else in England. It's always a pleasing stat. There's always that kind of stat knocking around. For, for players, I think, you know, from what we discussed before, really random review says, I think tactics could catch United out, but they're almost back to full strength. It's kind of right, though. We, we as Villa fans don't know what to expect. Then Manchester United are going to find it tough to prepare. Oh, 100%. So, you know, Newcastle probably could have guessed last week the Villa were going to play the same team as they did against Brentford. This week, Manchester United, they've got very little data to go off of, of what they're going to do. They can look at how Emery sets, sets teams up and he's had success. With, with Villarreal against Manchester United. But I think he lost twice in his last season against, against Manchester yeah, United when he was Arsenal manager. So, you know, they'll know his kind of type of football, but it's very difficult to prepare when you haven't really got a clue what the manager's going to do because there's nothing to go back and have a look at as Unai Emre's Aston Villa manager. So that, 
that could help us in some ways because we could we could probably guess how they're going to set up. Oh yeah, we can guess what they, what they've set up. And they're they're trying to stumble them on a formation as well. And the more that they start to do you, see, do you really think they're stu- they're stumbling? Oh, I think they're there. That's kind of what I meant, as opposed to that they're stumbling. They have stumbled upon a formation, and that's they're re- going to be reluctant to tweak it too much and change it to see if it is actually the formation. So I think we can go like like I'm agreeing with you. I think we can go on the last three games and have a fair idea um, as to how they're going to play. But, um, you know, we can't really go on Villarreal's uh, formation and setup and stuff like that because we just don't have the exact same players as them. We don't have that engine room. When I say that engine room, we don't have those the same types of players in the engine room in midfield to be able to play the exact same way. Now, he might go and prove us all wrong at the weekend, 100% um, okay with that. Uh, after the Ashley Young debacles I've had, I'm I'm absolutely fine with changing my mind. Uh, there's no problem there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's one of the reasons why I found this is one of the most difficult match previews to do because we've literally nothing to go on nothing no. and and that that's that's um that's exciting in a way as well you know it's exciting because no one expected the Brentford game Brentford game to come out anywhere and before you know it we're 14 minutes in and things are exciting you know that was and, a good preview that, too because we, we knew the team the team got leaks didn't it? So we, 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 we knew what the team was before yeah. we previewed that guy and this, this guy no leaks we haven't we, we haven't got a clue yeah. have we what, no. what's going on one thing of Manchester United as well, obviously Fernandez is out, which is great news. He'll probably still yes. win a penalty sitting in the stands, but you know, Manu will get a penalty at some point, obviously, because it's Manchester United at Villa Park. So centre back Varane's not there. Varane and Martinez was turning into a really good good partnership. You know, as much as I thought they did well last week, they kept a clean sheet, but they were pretty fortunate because De Gea essentially was doing yes. his job. You know, that's what he's there there for. They were they were open. The ch- chances were created. Against against Manchester United by, by West Ham on Sunday, and if Harry Maguire is playing, I don't want to sit here and slight the guy, but you can get at him. Well, chance, and I think yeah. he's the kind of opponent that Watkins would get joy out of. For, for, mm. for example, pressing him, hurrying pace in behind the kind. He's the kind of opponent that Maguire will be uncomfortable with. So he can't. I mean, he came on a bad striker last night. Yeah, I, be, I believe I for Manchester United. I don't think they'll be doing that on Sunday, but I'd imagine it's going to be Maguire and Martinez. I've been really impressed with with Martinez so far. This this season he's he's a, he's a great defender. I love I love the way he plays the game. But if Maguire's playing, Villa could get some joy there. And and I'd imagine there's there's uh, the Man United View podcast has gone on somewhere going well with Tyrone Mings in the back line. You know, yeah, but... you know, I, I suppose it's perceptions. But look, you know, you are right. When Maguire does play, you, you can get at him with pace. You can you can get at him and drag him out of position a small bit. And it's it like. At a year and a half ago, people were kind of saying, "Yeah, he's going through a bad slump," and he was. But that bad slump has kind of followed him, much like it's followed Tyrone Mings. Maguire is his good games and he's his bad games uh, as well. Um, but yeah, look, as I say, he's definitely going to be a target point uh, for Aston Villa for sure. He's definitely going to be a target point, and try and get Ali Watkins paired up with him um, to drag him around the place, and then let out, let try and create more space then for Danny Ings in there. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, if he does go with two up top, I think you could very much see that as well. Yeah, I, he Maguire did something in the first five minutes where he got in the last game where he got pulled into a position that centre back's got no right to be in. Should never, yeah. be, should never be there. He he just came charging out. You know, you can get joy. The thing, the player Villa have got to got to shut down, in my opinion, on Sunday is Ericsson. Yeah, he's playing a, kind of a new, new, new kind of role for Manchester United where he's deep, playing slightly further forward in, in, in front of Casemiro, but essentially they're playing as as two sitters. But you've got to close him down and not give him time and space because if you give him time, Ericsson, the way he moves the ball, 
he'll set the tempo and Villa will get punished if they don't do that. He's their he's their key man, Ericsson. Whether it's Fred or Fred or McTominay that that, that come in, which I, th- I think it probably will, but mm. so maybe Ericsson will actually be playing as a, as more of a ten. But you've got to get on Ericsson because he's. I kind of feel Ten Hag will be reluctant to move Ericsson from that deep role, but then that leaves them a problem with who replaces Fernandez. If I was them, I wouldn't want to move him from there either because I think he's been really effective. I remember the Arsenal game. At Old Trafford, I thought he was absolutely brilliant, Ericsson. You know, you probably don't want to move him away from a position that he's he's doing well. So we're all assuming he's going to play as a number 10. Maybe not. But then I can't think who would play as that 10. Unless he brings in Anthony Martial and, and tries him in that 10 role or goes or with Sancho two up top, as well, hasn't or he? Sancho Ronaldo's goes in as wide. And, mm. Yeah, Ronaldo goes up top or he withdraws Rashford out of, out of that position. He, he could... He could mix and match it. He could withdraw the 10 all, all together away from home. Who knows? But look, it just makes too much sense to put Ericsson into his natural position there. Um, I've spoken about Christian Ericsson as well before. And the reason, you know, Ten Hag got slated for playing, me in that, that, playing him in that sixth position. And I can understand you know, that, yes, look, uh, for the optics of it, it was a bit strange. But Ericsson went to Italy and he went to Italy young. And when you go to Italy, the, like, so for some players, the game slows down and for other players, they go there because it's a slower type of game. Um, so the, the the interesting thing for me with Ericsson is that Ericsson went there young and he's come back with a kind of a maturity to his game. It's not a million miles an hour like it was at, at Spurs. And he played a million miles an hour really, really well. Don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic he's de- footballer. Oh, he's developed a kind of a Perlo-esque type. And I don't want oh, to be yeah, too brilliant. too stereotypical when I talk about going to the Italian game, but he has. And things around him have slowed down. Because he's gone there and he's learned how to control the game. And I think putting him into that sixth position is one of the reasons why. He's not going to, like, it's not the sixth position where you're looking at a tough tackling midfielder. That's what Casemiro is there to do. He's there to be that little that quarterback, that dreaded phrase on the football field and get it around, uh, get it around the field and make sure that he can be that metronome. And if you put him back into his 10 position, he's naturally going to be able to fly on again there. So he's, he's definitely a danger man, no matter where he is. And if Aston Villa can keep up with him, well, then more part Aston Villa at the weekend. And we should get results if we do that. Yeah, maybe Dendonka, if he plays, would be quite yeah. important. I feel like yeah. he, could, he could get around. He's not the most mobile. He doesn't seem like the most mobile, but actually defensively, he picks up some good positions. Yeah. So it might be that he can do a job on Ericsson. A couple of uh, viewer comments here. Z Gold, who I'm assuming is a Manchester United fan, says our midfield is going to be Van der Beek, who I'd completely forgotten existed. Ericsson yeah. and, and Casemiro. Yes, it'd be interesting to see if, if that if that's right. If that is right, Ziegold, kudos to you because I didn't even think about Van der Beek. I completely forgotten about him. Then AVFC Stato. Oh, he loves to come in with the good news. Does AVFC Stato? Well, I mean, we already knew this, but it sounds even worse when you read it out. I will say as well, AVFC Stato's badge is better than that first badge that was <laughs> that was mocked up by Villa. It is better than that Pro Evolution soccer badge. Manchester yeah. United are unbeaten in their last 23 Premier League away games against Aston Villa. 1-15, drawn eight. It's the longest unbeaten away run one team has had against another in English League history. Whoa. Now, that's not a high note to end the podcast, Neil. I do not know what is. Oh. That's, that's pitiful, isn't it? That is pitiful. Yeah. Why can't why, you thought you just got one one that's lucky tough. result amongst all those or just something? But we just can't do it, can we? That's Manchester United. Yeah, that's uh, bad. Yeah. Look, records are there to be broken. We've, done, we've said this. We, me and you yeah. probably did a preview January 2022. Probably saying exactly the same thing before we before we played Manchester United, and yet again we did not manage to beat them despite playing quite well. Going to get ready to go because I'm hearing fireworks. I'm a little bit concerned about the pets mm. that I've left yes. downstairs. So, but before we do, bet mate, 
Use the code TVV5 to, to join and you'll get £5 worth of free bets. But if you want to join our pot and play against myself, here is me picking my team earlier. I did it earlier today. I'm going to be completely honest and say I've forgotten what it was I did. I was obviously having a bit of a problem <laughs> navigating things there at, the, at that point. So here we go. The Sunday 2pm pot. There's a few games going on at 2pm. So you pick your players based around the games that are taking place Sunday 2pm. What did I do? I think I put Nick Pope in goal, if my memory served me correctly. Yes, I did. And then defensively, I believe I put... Oh, what was I doing here? I went down, didn't I? Because you only allowed two players from from each team. So I was going to fill my team with Newcastle players. But I wasn't allowed to do that. So, yeah, I went for Gaye. And I believe I went for Kieran Trippier because he's been picking up points galore with assists and clean sheets yeah. for Newcastle. Central midfield in my seven-a-side team. Just a bit of fun. I've completely, again, forgotten who I put in. Oh, I, there you go. Yeah, I have to put a Villa player in, don't I? I just have to. So Bill I put Louise. in Douglas Louise. I think I may be putting... Oh, that was a mistake I made. Tried to put in Bruno Fernandes. Then I remembered he was suspended. So I went for Christian Eriksen instead, who we've just talked about very heavily on this preview. Up top, what did I do? I think I might have put Daniel. Ronaldo in. Oh. I did. I put Ronaldo in because his record against Villa is absolutely phenomenal. And then joining him, like I do most weeks, cursing him i've put in ollie watkins then i believe i made kieran trippier potentially my captain what what i was doing here because i'd already oh no i've got to do subs haven't you the bench that never gets used what did i do on the bench i went west ham heavy on the bench didn't i fabianski and creswell because i knew i hadn't picked any of their players so i knew i could have two of them and then yeah i don't know what i did ariba what was i thinking there too much coffee, Dad. Yeah, I was what was going on earlier today when I when I was Zaha, <laughs> one of my favourite players in the Premier League. That was my team. I saved it, and then I remembered I needed to change my captain because I didn't want Douglas Luiz as captain. And I believe I gave the armband to Kieran Kieran Trippier because I believe he'll probably get an assist, and they've obviously got a high chance of keeping a clean sheet as well. So, can you beat Dan? Is the words that are on the screen? Yes, you probably can. It's just a bit of fun. Please gamble responsibly. We do thank Betmate for continuing to sponsor us and we'll have more news on Betmate in next week's preview. We've got some stuff to talk about with them. But yeah, join join our league. Just a little bit of fun. If you use that code TVV5, you'll get £5 worth of free bets. You can join the league, see if you can beat me and win yourself some money. It's very, very fantasy football-based, isn't it? But a seven-a-side team. So, yeah, have a go. See if you can beat me, but gamble responsibly, as I've said. Neil, thanks ever so much for joining me for this match preview. We've talked about the badge. We've talked about the press conference. We've previewed the game. We've got no idea how Villa are going to line up, but we've had a go. But, again, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll be back with a post-match point at some point after the Manchester United game. If you're there on Sunday at Villa Park, hopefully I'll see a few of you knocking around. Have a chat. Always enjoy talking to any Villa fan except for Chris Dolan at the moment because he is very very grumpy on the old on the on the old WhatsApp but yeah come and have a chat with me if you see me knocking around the ground I'm always there really early to get parked yeah enjoyed it now thanks ever so much only one thing left to say up the villa sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.